Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Morning, everyone. Good, uh, good, good to be together. Um, as Phil said, this is going to be our, our last week for at least two weeks. Um, we just watch this space and see what happens. Well, it's good to be able, being able to be here. Let's give thanks to the Lord for being able to, to sit around the Word together. Um, on, on the Outward Focus Christmas, just to say, we, we had put budgets and different things together during the week. So we're targeting, we reckon that in terms of everything we need to, to do to bless the community this year, we're hampers and different things. The target is £10,000. So that's what we're aiming for uh, this year with the Outward Focus Christmas. So um, that's, that, that, that's what it, it takes to do this. So pray, pray and seek the Lord yourself for it in whatever way you feel led with that. Um, we, we've been on this series of Listen um, for the, the last number of weeks. Um, we are going to continue it in a, in a loose way next week, so we, please join with us. We will be sharing, we'll, we'll stream it from here, but we will be coming to you online um, next, next Sunday. And we're, we're going to stay with it in, in a loose way, but I, th- I think one of the things we've been feeling, just a nudge around, is just particularly with the run into Christmas period, we're going to have a focus more around the theme of Advent. Um, and so we're going to be asking ourselves, what are the things that the Lord's asking us to listen to very specifically and clearly um, at this time? You know where we've been over the last while, this verse repeatedly that we've said in the book of Revelations, it's repeated seven times. Jesus mentions it three or four other times in, in the gospel, something very similar, which was our key verse on the, on the main slide at the start. But he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let he who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And we have taught on this over the last number of weeks. We've, we've tried to, to paint a picture of the, of the significance of the why. Um, Phil has been very practical about some of those things as well, about, about how we listen. And, uh, and, and if this is going to be one of our, our last Sundays to do it. I was, I was sharing with Phil about this during the week. I felt even coming to this this morning. Um, I, I just felt it's really important. You know that phrase, you know, if you, if you give someone a fish, you feed them for a day. If you teach them how to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. Uh, and I feel like particularly as we go into another moment of lockdown and almost separation from one another in terms of being together, I feel it's really important for us that while we've talked about listening, we just love to leave some space this morning for us actually to do it and to practice it. That is one thing for us to talk about it. But this morning, so just let me paint the picture of where we're going with this. We're going to read a well-known passage of Scripture together. We're going to leave a bit of space and stillness this morning at the start for us to center ourselves, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you individually, for you to ask the question what God wants to say to you today. I'll share a bit of my thoughts off the back of it uh, with regards to teach. Um, we'll ask, leave a bit more space, and then Phil is going to come and lead us around the table and again leave some space around that. Today, we just as we head into this next period, we want to just have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. We believe that it's here for all of us. The Spirit is here to speak. And so, God, give us ears to hear what you're saying today. Um, This passage we're going to look at is going to be on the screen, but it's a really well-known passage of Scripture. It's one that I've just felt really pressed upon my heart. Phil and I were... We're praying and ministering with someone, a good friend of ours, recently, and, uh, and, and I referenced the psalm, and since that, I've just been going over it and over and over again. It's Psalm chapter 23, um, a, a well-known psalm in, in the Bible. And uh, again, I'll share just a few things off the back, but all I simply want to do, this is it on the screen, we're just going to read it together, 
And then it's going to leave a bit of space and stillness for you to reflect on it personally this morning and just to ask, Holy Spirit, what, what are you saying each to us? So, God, as we come to read this, God, this is our desire. We thank you, Jesus, that you've already shown us about how you desire to walk amongst the church and to speak. And thank you that you still desire to do it. So as you're here with us by your Spirit, would you speak afresh? Give us ears to hear what you're saying, in Jesus' name. Let, let's just read this together, and then we're going to just take a moment of stillness. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What I would love you to do, just take a moment in stillness. And if you want to even reflect over some of the words by looking at the screen again. But just ask, is there was it one or two words or even a line that you feel the Spirit speaking to you really specifically this morning? So come Holy Spirit and speak. Let's, let's read it together once more, can we? And then we'll leave a bit more space at the end. Let's just read it once more and allow the Spirit just to quicken you to something specifically he wants to say this morning. So let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's just leave space again just for another minute or so and just ask God, what are you specifically saying to me this morning?
I think it can be one of the difficulties and the temptations, to be honest, with um, passages of Scripture like this that are so familiar. <laughs> you think so often, you know, I've read this before, I've heard it before, you know, you've heard it preached many, many times before, and yet God, by His grace, wants to speak something fresh and something new, and, um, and hopefully you've, you've sensed the Spirit speak something. I'm going to share just a few things off the back of it that I've picked up from it this week. Mainly, I just want to just leave a picture uh, at the end for us to reflect on, leave a bit more space, and then Phil, as I said, is going to just come and lead us around the table this morning. Um, this, this psalm is, is it's a, fam- it's a favorite psalm. It's a really famous psalm. So many people love reading the words of this. It felt particularly even at, the, at this moment in this time. It's a, it's a psalm that speaks of a real difficult moment um, in, in many people's lives. And I recognize that for many of us in the room, this is, this is very prevalent uh, to what we're facing um, at the moment. David, King David, we all uh, know this from, from what we read in the scriptures. David was a shepherd boy. You know the narrative about how Samuel comes to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel, and they bring out all the older brothers, all the, the big strapping, very handsome guys, and one after one, the spirit of the Lord says, no, 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 it's not him, it's not him, and, and Jesse, um, or Samuel asked Jesse, he said, is there another, there has to be someone here, and Jesse said, well, yeah, there's the youngest, but he's out in the field looking after the sheep. What would have happened uh, in, in Jewish culture, usually the youngest male of the family would have been used in that role as a shepherd, and they would have tended and they would have cared for the sheep. And David, in this moment, as he pens this well-known psalm, David, from his own experience of what it was to be a shepherd and what it meant to look after the sheep um, and guard them from danger, to feed and nourish the sheep, he knew all about this. He knew how essential the role of a shepherd was in the survival of the flock. Let me say that again. He knew how essential the shepherd was in the survival of the flock. And for us, in terms of what God desires to do for us and as God was desires to lead us, how essential the role of the shepherd was, David recognized that even despite many of the struggles that he was facing, he was able to boldly simply say this line, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It's almost like he said, despite many of the difficulties that he was facing, he was almost bold enough to say this, because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Many of your translations would simply say this, I shall not want, there's nothing else that I want. David, and neither did I this morning, we're not downplaying any of the difficulties that we face, but David was saying even in the midst of it was that there was almost this narrative that went through his mind. Because the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing else that that I lack. At at this moment, there are many difficulties, you said, that we're all facing. Well, it's been brilliant to being able to be together here the last number of weeks, hasn't it? Um, It's... And yet the reality is we're not able to for the next few weeks. The last thing we're going to do is firstly to say with that, we're not going to dig our heels in. We're not going to kick off any stink about it. We recognize we need to play our part in what's happening at the moment to try and help people with this. The first thing I want to simply say with this, this, this is not persecution for us as the church. <laughs> this is not persecution. As Phil has said earlier, while the doors of the church shut, the, door, the church is more alive than ever. <laughs> And what we want to focus on, even with the picture at the end, is what are some of the new things that God is desiring to do with us, even through this? The reality is, though, for us personally in our lives, there are many difficulties that are facing. I recognize that for many people in our church family, there are certain difficulties. So, for example, many people, many of us are facing uncertainty around your job security. Many of us have struggles even with not even being able to visit or to see elderly relatives because many of the uncertainties, many are having major issues in marriage and family and personal health. David, again, wasn't dismissive of anything about the, the difficulties that life can throw up, 
But yet in the midst of it, he was clear enough to be able to say this, because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. If you've been around Emmanuel for a while, you've heard me say this, but this was one of the turnaround stories for me in my own life. I remember um, in my second year of university, coming towards the end of it, I, God, by his grace, I wasn't in a great place, if I'm being honest, in my own relationship with the Lord. I had distanced myself. God hadn't distanced. God hadn't gone anywhere. I had distanced myself. And God, in his grace, allowed me to be part of a team that went to Cuba. Um, I was part of a team with Open Doors Ministries where we brought Bibles into the country. We delivered them to the church out there. Cuba is a communist country. At that stage, it was under the dictatorship of Fidel Castro. The Christians in Cuba were persecuted and are being persecuted. They were persecuted in the, in the fact that they, uh, many of them would have been imprisoned because of their faith. Some of them might actually have died, but at the very least, many of them would not have had the rights to education or to work. There was very little that they would have had because they were professing Christ. There was very little that they had. And yet I remember one of these nights in this church service in a little village called Guadalabaca. And as we went into it, there was this guy in the church community and he was part of the village and uh, he, had, he had hardly anything. This guy, he had no home, he had no job, he had absolutely nothing. And yet he stood up, he stood up in front of the church and almost similar to the words of the psalmist, he stood up and said these words and it, it changed my life forever. <laughs> and uh, he stood up in front of the church and he simply said this line, I want to thank God because I have Jesus, I lack nothing. <laughs> He said these words, and it was just like, it was one of those like, oh, moments, because for me, I realized, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if, it, like for me, I, I, yeah, as I was saying, I was at that part where I hadn't been in a great walk place in my walk with the Lord, and I knew that I loved Jesus, but yet it was almost like I loved having Jesus plus other things, and almost like what the psalmist was saying, because we have Jesus, there's nothing there's absolutely nothing that we lack. And again, this is why David then goes on to paint the picture, that this is why what the shepherd does. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Lots of stuff we could teach and reflect on that, but very simply and very briefly, David references a few things here. He talks about how he makes him to lie down and then he talks about that it's in green pastures and beside quiet waters. The two words that get out of that is to do with rest and nourishment. He makes me to lie down that there's something about actually at the moment. And I feel that this is one of the things very prophetically for us as a church. That even in these moments of almost it feels like separation. That it's actually a moment that the Lord wants to take you alone in, these, in this time to be able to be with you personally. And for you to be able to rest in his presence and to rest with him. And in this, that there's a moment of nourishment about how we feed ourselves in the things of the Lord. You know that at the very start of lockdown, I wanted to reference this as well. At the start of the first lockdown, one of the things we wanted to be very disciplined in and to give ourselves very intentionally to was what we were calling a rule of life. That as a church community, we were saying, well, what were some of the ways that we just simply wanted to just be intentional about giving ourselves to just seek the Lord at this time? Because the reality is, is that it's so easy to fill our time with other things. And to give ourselves to other things. And yet as we nourish ourselves in the Lord and we allow ourselves to rest in his presence, this is what David would say in the psalm, you restore my soul. You revive my soul. Listen, the thing that I actually feel is that while we can say oh, it's awful that we're not going to be able to be together, the thing that would excite me is that this is the desire of the Father for all of us, that he would restore our souls. 
even in the midst of this uncertain time where it feels like, oh, look at all the stuff that's being lost. God is desiring to restore our souls. I don't want to gain downplay anything, but God's more interested in the state of your soul than he is in anything else. As Father, he desires to revive you and to restore you, and for me as well. And this is why, as a shepherd, he desires to lead us. He leads us into green pastures. And you know, the thing that's really crucial in this, as we go back to that verse, he makes me lie down. We can so read this so easily and so quickly, but the key word in this is simply this. He, he makes me lie down. He leads me beside quiet paths. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. You know that we put out a video. Al did a brilliant job of communicating it. Uh, on behalf of the leadership of the church, we recognize that at this moment in time, there are many other voices that want to influence you. <laughs> there are many other voices that want to shape you. Guys, there are some voices that you're listening to that you don't even know who the people are. There's people online and on social media that are leading and gaping or guiding and trying to shape your life and trying to form you in a certain way. Many of us are being influenced by friends and family that are quite influential and strong in different areas and in different thoughts, but they're forming and they're shaping and they're directing us. And what David was saying was that, no, when he leads me, and when he guides me, and he refreshes my soul, he will guide me along right paths for his name's sake. This is why at the start of the year, remember when we got to 2020, when we were thinking about the vision, about what we felt for this year, because when you get into 2020, you're thinking all churches have to come up with a really, really glitzy and glam vision statement for what the year's about. And the only thing we felt the Spirit simply say was this, the vision is Jesus. And as we get to the end of the year, more than ever, we realize that's what it's all about. The vision is Jesus. The focus is Jesus. He is our shepherd. He leads us and he guides us. And that's why with all these other voices and all these other things, again, David in Psalm ch chapter 1 would simply say this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, <laughs> ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And then finally, just, and this is the picture, just simply want to just, this is the main thing I just wanted to share this morning. David goes on to this well-known passage, uh, verse 4 in Psalm 23, and he says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Um, some translations of this verse we know it very well would simply say this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We, we recognize that this is why this psalm would be read so, so often at funerals. Because we recognize that this is, a, this, is a, this is a reality for many people. Many of the people in our church family, some in the room here this morning with us. And the shadow of death has been a prevalent matter in life. And the pain and the hurt that it leaves and the vacuum that it leaves. People's lives were praying for the McHugh family. Stephen McHugh, whose father passed away at the weekend, is being buried tomorrow as well. This prevalent issue that is just that affects so many people and the shadow that it hang, almost hangs over people's lives and the pain with it. And this psalm speaks into it. And one of the things that it encourages me with is that it promises comfort. <laughs> Jesus actually picked it up in the, in the Sermon on the Mount and in the Beatitudes, and he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. <laughs> when Jesus is our shepherd, this is one of the things he promises. But the other thing, and this is the picture I want to say with this, for the people who read it in the current context, they had a different understanding of the psalm. 
particularly this verse, even though I walk through the darkest valley. You see, what would have been well known was that there was a, there was a passage, there was a roadway that would have gone from Jericho down to Jerusalem. And there was a section of it, so as people would have traveled along it, there was a section of it that was known, I think this is called Wadi Kelt, I, I don't know, I'm not very fluent in Hebrew or whatever this is, but this is what it was known as, Wadi Kelt. The English translation, hopefully I can pronounce this a little bit better, was this, the valley of the shadow of death. This was a section of this road from Jericho to Jerusalem. And what would have happened, so this is a picture of it, and this is the picture I want to leave with us this morning. This was, a, this was a part of the road that actually, in, in this, because of the sheer, um, how, how steep and how sharp the cliffs were, there was these massive pockets of shadow that just got very little light. There was lots of caves within the hillside as well, where robbers and thieves would have just hid and would have hung out. And what would have happened is that as people passed along this road, one of the things that so easily happened to them, it so often happened was that people were, were robbed, there was stuff that was stolen. Perhaps people were killed, beaten at this point. Actually, it's this passage and it's this area that we reckon that Jesus in Luke's gospel was speaking the parable of the Good Samaritan about was this section of the road, this valley of the shadow of death. This was a bit that many people feared to travel down. Many people feared it. And yet, as, as I read stuff about it during the week and I don't want to go off tangent with my notes here, but as, as I read stuff about it during the week and last week, some of the things I read about was that actually when it came around the time of Jesus and the time of the Romans that were, were in, in, in Palestine at that stage, what they actually did in the stretch between Jericho and Jerusalem, they built a new road and a, and a new way to go that was more robust, that had lots, lots, lots safer passage where there wasn't any of this that was there. And yet the reality when there was this new way that was being led forward that the Romans had created, what you still see even in today in, in loads of the hillsides is that there was these pathways that the shepherds would have walked day and daily. They were just so used to going along these roads time and time. In fact, their fathers and their forefathers probably would have walked the same way. And even though there was something new to go into, even though there was a new pathway and a new road that was being laid down the stretch, many of them still would have traveled along their old familiar paths because it just felt more natural. And it's just the way it had always happened. Before Phil comes to lead us in communion, this is simply the picture I feel for us at the moment in two ways that I just want to leave with us. I feel for us individually. The thing that would remind, this picture would remind me of is that it's, it's, very, it's very essential for us to grasp us. We have an enemy, Jesus, who is our shepherd, reminds us this. So, so graciously, I was sharing this with the guys in Grow on Monday night. You know, the reality is we have, John 10.10 10 tells us this, we have an enemy whose purpose is this, steal, kill, destroy. And here's the thing, there's not a day when his purpose isn't about this for you. <laughs> there's not a day that goes by where he's sitting thinking to himself, oh, oh poor Tim's had a rough day today, so I'll, I'll give him a day off. <laughs> you know, we've, we've been a bit hard on him lately, so we'll cut him a wee bit of slack. There's not a day when his purpose isn't to steal, kill, and destroy. There's not a day when he thinks about the church when his purpose isn't this, steal, kill, and destroy. And yet God as Father has designed his and is at the moment for you individually and for us, and this is what Phil was sharing earlier, we believe this, that God is leading us in new paths and leading us in new things. And yet what can so easily happen for us is that even while there's new things that are being, the Father desires to lead us in, is that 
the easiest thing for us to do is just to go back to our old familiar path and to journey along the way which we feel we already know because we feel more comfortable in those. But in these roads, these are the places where we're more open to attack of the enemy with the steal, kill, and destroy moments in our lives. And so for you personally, what I think is really important for us to ask is what are some of those familiar paths? Phil's reference this already with some of the ways that people are coping with some of the things at the moment. They might be old familiar paths of addictions and just habits and different ways of coping mechanisms that are in our lives. It might be different relationships or different things that there's a dependency on. What is the crutch that's in your life that it's almost your go-to every single time the trouble arises? When it comes to us as the church of Jesus Christ, when there's and when there's the reality that God might be in these moments desiring to lead us in new ways, it might just be the sort of thing that for many of us we think, well, well, that's okay, but we would prefer church this way. God, there's an old familiar path of the way we've done it before, not just us, but our fathers and our forefathers and how things have gone before. And we would prefer to do that because we feel more comfortable with it. And for whatever it is that the Father is leading us to do, think that this is where it's really important for all of us. It's going to take effort and it's going to take commitment. It's going to take devotion. It's going to take purpose for us. It's going to take resilience for us. It's going to take boldness. It's going to take people who don't just hear the things of the Spirit, but those who will step it out. And for me, that's what I've got to remind myself day and daily. Father loves me. Father loves you as so sons and daughters and desires to lead us into the new things, but yet have we not just ears to hear, but will we step out the things that he wants to lead us into? And this, this would be, as, as I reflect on the psalm, and this is my last verse, and then we're just going to just leave space again and Phil's going to come and lead us. Here, here's, here's the beautiful thing for us. Listen, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. None of us know what's going to happen over the next... There's talk about vaccines and all sorts of things that's out there, and none of us know. You can't... We're, we're almost having to do catch-up every single week because things are changing, I'm sure, in your own, in your own business and your own work and family lives. That's just something like, are we even going to have a Christmas? Who knows? None of us actually know about these things. And there's many of us... There's many of us where it's just like, oh, we, just, oh, we hope that we'll get something sorted we hope different things will, be, will work out in a different way. And yet the word in this bit at the end that I just really want to point out is simply this. This is where David would say, when the Lord's our shepherd, when our focus is him, when we're listening to him, desiring to follow him and his ways. Listen, you know the wisdom literature in Proverbs where it simply says that. Lean not on, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't go down your old familiar paths and your own understanding and your own rationale, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. And what is the promise? He will make straight paths for us to walk in. And this is the thing, when the Lord is our shepherd and we can be sure of holding on to it, this is where David finishes. It's not just a meager, oh, I hope it works out. David says this, surely, surely, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guys, this isn't a vacant and a, like a clutching at straw sort of hope. This is like a sure hope. <laughs> when the Lord is our shepherd, we don't know. My mom always used to say this. She might be watching this. <laughs> she used to say the song, I know he holds the future and he guides me with his hand. With God's things don't just happen. Everything by him is planned. So as I face tomorrow with his problems large and small, I'll trust the God of miracles. <laughs> I'll give to him my all. <laughs>
this is the sure hope that we have. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As Phil comes now to lead us around the table, I just want just, you to leave just one minute stillness, and I would love you to reflect on that. And this is me done. I would just love you to reflect just in stillness and just to ask just the, these two questions. Over the last while, you might have sensed the Father trying to lead you in some new ways, which is simply to ask us, what are some of the new things you have sensed God trying to lead you in lately? And then secondly, what are some of those old familiar paths that you constantly lead to times of struggle and attack of the enemy? When you think about this picture, what are some of the new ways that God's been desiring to lead you? But for you personally, what are some of those old familiar paths that actually mean, rather than leading you to the fullness of what the Father has, it opens yourself up to exposing the attack. So I would love you to reflect on it for a minute. And then Phil is going to come and just lead us around the table. So let's, Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking. Speak to us right now. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. Let's just reflect on this just for a minute. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk